Hey, babes. I am your host, Christina Catherine McGinnis, a recent college graduate who is just trying to figure her shit out. In the Bottled Blonde podcast, we are talking lots of booze with a new drinking word every week, dishing on our latest dating adventures, diving into work hacks, and the best hashtag self-care tips around. This is a place for all babes to come and chat about the millennial four pillars, booze, boys, business, and beauty. Come with a glass of champs and get ready to laugh, learn, and have a happy hour with your blonde digital BFF. Let's celebrate not having it all together, but having a good fucking time while we're at it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts every Thursday. Cheers. Hello, babes. I'm your host, Christina Catherine McInnes, the founder of Casey and Connect, the Bottled Blonde, and the blog, ChristinaMcInnes.com. And I miss hanging out with you guys. I had to put out an episode today. I want to say Happy New Year. I hope you guys are spending it with your loved ones or at least Zooming them. We are going to probably make some champagne jello shots that I saw off of TikTok. And I'm going to be wrapped up in my Barefoot Dreams blanket because we're not doing anything wild. We are keeping it low-key around these parts around town. LA is pretty much totally shut down. I'm not sure how it is around your guys' towns, but I'm assuming, unless you're like in Arizona, for the most part, most people are having a low-key, low-key New Year's. I know Arizona is like up and popping because I have some friends that I chatted with there and they're like, yeah, we're going out to like clubs and bars. And I'm like, wow, what a time to be alive. That is not what's happening in LA. So before we jump into the episode with Julia and her husband and talk things all real estate and growth and mentors and all that fun stuff, I want to do a little quick 2020 recap of things that I have learned in 2020 because this year has been huge like for everybody, whether you've switched jobs, whether you've had a kid, got married, engaged moved, maybe you got out of a relationship, like whatever it is, like there's so much that has happened with every single one of my friends in this past year. And it's kind of wild. So this is like a weird roundabout thing that kind of happened. So last February, me and Maddie, who if you haven't met Maddie, she's definitely going to come on, I promise, in the next little bit here. And we're going to do just like a fun little episode. But me and Maddie, who is in a ton of my previous episodes while I was back in Portland, actually came last February to LA. And we were at a podcasting event that is like three blocks away from where I am now living. And last February, I was like, I want to live here. So it's almost like manifestation, like looking back at this like last year and how much has changed, how much growth has happened. I'm really happy and excited to go into 2021. I'm today, I'm literally writing down all of my goals. So I'm really excited, but I want to go into things that I have learned in the last year and kind of share them with you guys. So Number one, life is pretty much what you make it. I notice with myself, if I have a negative mindset about something, I'm going to have a negative experience versus if I'm positive about it, then I'm going to have a positive outcome. So for me, I notice like if I wake up and I just got the like little happy planner and I'll link it for you guys too. On the bottle on Instagram, I got this planner that's all about like writing down each week, like what you want to manifest five things you're excited about, five things you're loving in your life. And I notice, like the more positive I am, I almost push myself to be more positive. And then I'm not, you know, eating ice cream in front of the TV and feeling like down or not hitting my goals or feeling sluggish. Number two is just to make shit happen. Like not to take life for granted because life is so short. I've lost family members in this last year, and maybe you have too, or maybe you've seen people get really, really sick with the virus or other underlying conditions or whatever's happened. And that really put life into perspective for me that like, if you don't go after something, nothing is going to just fall in your lap. Like start telling people that you're doing something, push yourself, go after things. And to just number three is like to make yourself happy over everyone else. Like that might, that might sound like a little crazy or selfish, but I notice if my cup is not full, then I'm just not 
I'm not as giving. I'm not as available to like maybe answer all my friends' texts or, you know, call that aunt. Like I have to take care of like me first before I run out and try to help all these other people. And also you see kind of in these times, like who is toxic? Like I've even cut off friendships in quarantine, like not not like cut, cut off, but pretty much just stopped hanging out or putting an effort into relationships that I don't feel like a hundred percent amazing about. And maybe you have too. I feel like in challenging times, you can kind of see who cares about you, who puts an effort and also how you feel after you've been with that person. Number four is to have boundaries. And this for me is to stop comparing myself. You're not always going to agree with everything that everyone says and no one can read your mind. So I feel like you know, not comparing yourself on social or job or what other people want you to do. And just like keeping your commitments and promises to yourself and creating those boundaries. Like maybe a person calls you all the time and is bitching about another person, like not allowing that to happen anymore. Like I listened to Ed Milet's podcast, which I love, where he talked about essentially like separating yourself from like that toxic, negative, nasty energy. And I feel like that's really, really helped me. Number five was to not take your friends for granted and appreciate them. Like the ones that you feel like really put a lot of effort and time and energy into you, like nourish that, like call them up, say what's happening. How's their day going out of the blue? Send them little cute texts. I noticed like when my friends do that, I, I absolutely love that. And I love sending them and being like, hi, I'm just thinking about you. And then these next few, I promise I will go into very quickly. Number six is to hug more. I never like realized how much I would miss like hugging my friends and my family and seeing them. Number seven is anger doesn't add anything to a seat, like a situation. I notice if I'm angry about something, take five minutes, go write down or talk to somebody about why you're angry and then come back to it. Like if you're trying to fight with someone most of the time, that's just going to lead to more fighting versus when I come in and I'm like, okay, this is what I want out of the conversation and think of things really logically versus emotionally. That helps immensely. Number eight is letting go is hard, but sometimes it's the best option. I've noticed there's like a lot of just underlying things, whether it's the news or whether it's like a situation that you felt like wasn't right. Sometimes you just have to let shit go. Otherwise it stays. We don't really want that negative vibes around us, especially moving into a new year. Number nine, talking to someone is vital. So having multiple people to talk to is freaking amazing, but also like making sure you're putting in that effort. Cause I live alone. If you live alone, Hey, Hey, you kind of know what's up. I feel like at least with me, I have to push myself more to talk to people because I'm talking to people for work all day long or maybe on social or whatever I'm doing. It's kind of hard sometimes to push yourself to call people, but you have to. So I feel like, you know, whether you're living alone, whether you're with your parents, whatever situation you're in, like make the effort to talk to people. Number 10, when the world is at its darkest place, show the brightest parts of you. I think a lot of times people, when they're watching the news or there's a lot of negativity, people can get like drawn to that. I know I do. That's why when there's super dark things that are happening, like for me, I can't watch a lot of the news because I take that in. So I feel like, you know, just showing like the bright parts of yourself and trying to help others and do other things for other people once your cup is filled really helps. 11, I really miss traveling. So like not taking for granted traveling anymore or making the most out of little trips, whether maybe that's to the beach or to the mountain, like realizing how special those little moments are. And then 12, do little things for yourself. Maybe that's self-care. Maybe that's cooking. Maybe that's cleaning. Maybe it's buying yourself like a new little fun candle. But I feel like those really, really help my mood. 13 would be that I thought that nature was ridiculous. I would not hike, do anything along those lines. But I noticed like how much now that I've been in an apartment and I'm in the city all the time, how much I actually love like going on long walks and in nature. And that 
has really helped like my mental health is just straight up walking. So I bought myself a treadmill off of Amazon and I am beyond excited. I think it's like $400. I will link it in stories, but I am jazzed and I'm really, really pumped. 14 is to remember that like even on your worst days are only 24 hours. So even if that's a really, really shitty day, there was nothing that you could do to turn it around. That is only that day. That shouldn't dictate your week or your month that should just be those, that little chunk of time. And sometimes I just need like a five minute pity party and then I'm out of it and I'm ready to go. And then 15, with living alone, I've realized how much I enjoy doing things by myself. And I think it's really, really good. Even if you have a roommate or you live with your parents or whatever that is, like to enjoy doing things by yourself and not necessarily rely on all these other people for things. That makes me feel like, super independent and strong. 16 is to look for humor in everything. My good friend Ambrosia has said this, and I know I've repeated it on the podcast, that if it's not fun, it's funny. Like you have to make light of situations, even when it's dark, even when you're like, shit, how am I going to get out of this? Like try to laugh it off or find some type of little humor in it. And I feel like that always boosts my mood. You know, I think 17 would be to appreciate the little things that you take for granted. And this kind of goes back to something that I said just a little bit ago, but maybe it's like, for me, I have like this super cute velvet pink chair and I freaking love it. (laughs) And so I've made a point that like in the mornings, I'm going to have my small cup of coffee in my pink chair by my window and just take 15 minutes to like do whatever I want to do or feel whatever I'm feeling and to not take those small little things for granted. Cause really we have so much, I think in 18, it costs absolutely nothing to be a kind human being. Maybe it's like someone that you see that's having a really hard time on social or a girlfriend that, you know, has been really, really struggling, like just putting yourself out there and saying like, what can I do to help you? Or smiling at someone or opening the door for someone. I bought in Walgreens, like this maybe is really, really small, but this girl had like left her credit card. So I ended up buying, she had only had like a water and like some kind of like scrubber for dishes in front of me. And I bought that for her. And that might be so small and it might be two or $3 to you, but that could make someone else's like whole day or whole month. We really don't know what the other person is going through. 19 is journaling is good for the soul. I've really caught up on my journaling. I love the five minute journal. You can also make one at home with all of the prompts, which is freaking awesome. You can look up on their Instagram or other like journaling Instagrams and they'll show you fun little prompts. And then 20 is to not stress so much about the little things. Like there's going to be so much that comes up this next year. And it's our job to decide like it is going to be a badass, kick-ass year and we can do this. And so to not stress about like the little tiny things that are happening. But those are my 2020 things that I've learned. And I'm really, really excited for this year. I hope you go into this year a little bit more positive, a little bit more excited. I know that there's so much good that this year can bring. And let's start out this new year, popping it in with Julia Jolie and chat all things real estate and manifestation and moving to America. What she's done is so incredible. So let's get into it, TBB babes. Hello, TBB base. Today's drinking word is going to be real estate. We are interviewing Julia Jolie. We are talking how she's landed extremely high profile clients and broker deals with them to find their dream homes. This episode is perfect. If you are wanting to get an inspiration, she actually lived in Moscow, Russia, came to United States into New York, and then ended up in LA. We talk about how to make a name for yourself, how to gain mentors, how to break into the real estate market, the first things that you should do, and then also amazing tangible tips for people if you're wanting to get luxury on a budget. So if you want to hear about all those things, listen to Julia Jolie next. Hello, TBB babes. I am so excited for our guest today. I'm excited for every single guest, but this one in particular. Welcome to the TBB podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Well, I have to, like, first things first, what is your favorite cocktail? Oh my God. So I love wine. So, okay, you're big Brunello, wine girl. oh yeah, Brunello de Montalcino is the best one. That's, that's your favorite, oh, hands yes. down. Hands any, down. Any other cocktails that you like? 
Champagne, Pure oh, Royale. Oh, yes. I, I love some champagne. I'm a big rosé gal. And recently I was like, okay, I need to start drinking something a little different. I tried jalapeno martinis. Have you ever had those? Ooh, no. Oh, they're so good. And one of my friends was telling me you can actually like infuse your own vodka at home. So if you like like Grey Goose or something like that, you can like throw in jalapenos or limes or lemons and just make it right at home. That sounds so good. Have you ever tried chocolate martinis? No, I have not. Oh my God. They are orgasmic. Oh my gosh. Okay. I need to, next time I'm out, I'm going to be like, okay, do you have a place here locally that you love them? Actually, I do them myself. Okay. You do Godiva. Okay. How do you make them? Just Godiva basically with vodka and that's it. Oh my gosh. That's easy. (laughs) (laughs) Those would be super fun for the holidays. I'm definitely going to have to make one of those. So for everyone who doesn't know you, I want you to kind of give a backstory on how you came to America and just you in general. Okay, so I'm Julia Jolie. (laughs) I'm a luxury real estate agent, fashion expert, and I'm originally from Russia. I was born in Russia, raised in Germany, lived in Spain, so I call myself international. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And I came here like mm, about like 15 years ago when when I was like 20. And I first came to New York because it's the best place if you're single. Sorry, husband. And I had a lot of fun, like the best parties ever, for sure. Uh And it was a lot of fun there. And about six years ago, seven years ago, I moved to LA because I wanted to study real estate, you know, become a little bit more serious. Mm -hmm. And that's how I moved to LA. Oh my gosh, I love it. So what do you think it takes for people to succeed in America? And kind of what do you think are some misconceptions you thought, okay, this is what it's going to be like versus what it actually is? Definitely persistence. That's what you need. And you have to dream big. Because if you dream small, obviously nothing is going to happen. Like you're going to stay small. Mm -hmm. So that's the two major points, I think. And the biggest misconceptions. Well, it's very hard to make it on your own. So no matter if you're coming from another country or from another city, if you're alone, you don't have a support system. So you need to make friends. If you have problems, nobody's there who's going to help you. So I think that's the toughest time I had. Was making friends. So when you came to New York, did you know anybody? Nobody. Not one person. Not one person, no money, nothing. So then how, when you came here, what was your first job? Hostess at a Russian restaurant. Okay. Yeah. So then how did, did you just make friends at work or what were some tips and tricks that you had to like making friends when you know absolutely not one person? Yeah, first of all, at work, and I would also just go out by myself, because mm-hmm. what else are you going to do, right? Yeah. And yeah, I met friends at parties, restaurants, bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So when you came here, you came with nothing, no mm-hmm. money at all? No. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So how did you work your way up? So when you're like New York, I feel like it's extremely expensive to live in New York. Mm-hmm. So at first you had your first job. Then what brought you into thinking like, all right, next step, LA? So I was living with my best friend. We were living in one room, like not even an apartment. We had to share the apartment like five other people and we had one room mm-hmm. <laughs> that we shared and we were living there and nothing like I was there for six years and nothing was happening. So we were like, we have to do something, right? Mm-hmm. So I was Googling, Googling. I'm like, oh yeah, real estate sounds amazing. Like yeah. why not? I want to sell to the rich and famous. Yeah. <laughs> like let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> So I Googled like, okay, you have to get a license, you have to study it somehow. So the school that I found was UCLA mm-hmm. and I applied and I got in and I just moved here. That's amazing. Yeah. I love it. So when you were in New York, was how did you learn about fashion? Were you always into fashion before you moved over or did New York kind of like spark your interest in fashion? For sure, New York, because they have amazing fashion. I interned for like a PR fashion and, um, agency. So I learned there a little bit and yeah, I would just watch people, how they dress and learn like that. Mm -hmm. So at this PR agency, was that, is that kind of where you mean like tips and tricks? Was there anyone Mm -hmm. that you looked to, to like, that was your fashion or style icon? I mean, so many people just on the street, like there's a big difference between New York fashion and LA fashion for sure. New York Mm -hmm. is very conservative, you know, suits and all of that, even for women. Mm -hmm. And LA is just like, vavoom, colors, you know, happy, Mm -hmm. like, you know. 
So it's very different. It's very like almost valley girl. And I feel like there's like lots of pastels out here and everyone's like takes more risks. Whereas I feel like New York, everyone is like very black, very chic, mm -hmm. but like the time to like go buck wild is like fashion week. Have, have you ever been to fashion week? A long time ago. A long time ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's definitely, I feel like that's when I think of like New York Fashion Week, that's when it's like gets wild and gets more like LA. Yeah. Exactly. Which is so interesting. When you moved to LA, how did you come up with this like Beverly Hills on a lifestyle budget? Was that you kind of coming from, okay, I don't have a ton and now I've got to like make it work out here? Exactly. I have no money and I'm trying to uh, sell to the rich and famous. So how are you going to do it? You cannot look broke. Yeah. And selling $50 million mansions, right? So you, kind of have to fake it till you make it yeah. so that's how I came up with it you know so then when you moved here what was your first client I started small obviously at the beginning it was a family friend that was my first client mm -hmm. and I kind of started sneaking into red carpet events movie premieres and kind of making my connection charity events mm -hmm. how did you sneak into them you just pretend like you belong there <laughs> people just assume you know? so would you like hear about a charity event and then just dress up for it and walk to the door what if they were like your name's not on the list then i say there's a mistake i am on the list and somehow maybe if they really really are assholes then you just yeah. stand in front of it and try to befriend somebody mm -hmm. and just go in with them okay love yeah. that so then you would go to these and is that when did you kind of notice okay i need to start dressing like a little bit more like up scale to be able to get these clients was it at when you were at like brokers opens or different things and you would like look to who was actually like selling the houses well I knew right away like from back from New York you had to dress rich to be somebody or to pretend to be somebody yeah <laughs> because even in New York it's the same thing you know if you want to have the right friends you cannot look broke mm -hmm. so I already learned that back in New York so when I came to LA I was like already I had some stuff you know that I had so then how at that point in time if you like don't have a lot of money how did you start dressing like you did well you just see what the, what are the trends what what does Chanel have right now and you buy a knockoff like at the beginning yeah mm -hmm. you yeah, do yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then where would you find your knockoffs well, I had a lot in, from New York, because oh, yeah, China yeah, yeah, Tiny yeah, yeah. you know, okay, yeah. the best stuff ever. <laughs> but also websites online, and even like Fashion Nova or Boohoo, they have a lot of knockoffs. Or yeah, like, for things. Yeah. So you'd go hunting and be like, okay, Chanel has like this tweed skirt or something. Mm -hmm. And then you'd be like, okay, how mm -hmm. can I find this? Yeah. Okay, I love that. How did you start getting your name in the press? Like, I kind of want to dive into that mm -hmm. a little bit because my assistant had told me a little bit about how you started doing that. And I was like, that is so interesting. I would have never thought to do that. You befriend editors, people who write for magazines, etc. Mm -hmm. So, for example, Twitter or LinkedIn. Yeah. You just befriend them and then you pitch. You pitch yourself. You say, for example, hey, you know, I know this is trending in the news right now. And I have this kind of you, you know? Yeah. Would you like to interview me? That's mm -hmm. about it. And so then you just would, would you hunt for just different people? So like at that point in time, who were you hunting for to get your name in? For example, producers of like local TV channels. Okay. So that always works great if you want to become like a expert in something, fashion expert, real estate expert, and then you get into shows. Yeah. yeah. So then how, from that point, after you befriend them, what would you pitch them on? Would you say like, I'm a real estate expert or I'm a fashion expert, both of them? Yeah, mostly fashion. I did a lot of fashion uh -huh. and yeah, they, they loved being yeah. in the whole fashion game. Yeah, so it worked great. And I would do makeovers, fashion expert topics, like anything. What are some other hacks if someone's not necessarily like an expert in something, but they want to get featured? Pretend you're an expert. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, it's literally a fake it till you make it. Type Absolutely. Of, type yeah. of like action. Mm -hmm. So when people are getting like their name in the press, like, so pretty much is everybody reaching out to be like, hey, come photograph me or hey, write this article? No, eventually you have a PR agent who's going to do that for you. And yeah. so and so in the beginning, you would just recommend like pitching yourself? Of course, of course. If you don't have the money, yeah, pitch yourself. And it's easy. It's going to work. Trust me. So then when you have, did you ever, because I know on like Selling Sunset, I've seen it where they like made fun of one of the girls for saying that she called the paparazzi on herself. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done that? 
<laughs> Never. No. <laughs> no. So for, do you, have you heard of that? Have people done that that you know of? Oh, of course. All the time. Of course. Even Kim K still does that. Mm-hmm. You know? Where like, she's like calling people to be like, hi, I'm going to be here. Of course. Yeah. Why not? Just to get, just to get photos. Well, you know, I think it's important to stay in the press. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you do it? You know? Yeah. So just kind of like pushing yourself, like if you know, so like if you were going to do it, how, like, what would you, you would call when you're like all done up and going somewhere? I mean, I guess if I was Kim K and I wanted to be in the press, I would probably, well, probably have PR agent with the, yeah, 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 so mm-hmm. we'll just call up. Yeah, of course. That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, especially I feel like once you get to that like section of the world too, they probably have them on speed dial to be like, Hey, she looks really cute. And this is like her new line. Absolutely. Or, and they use it as, I remember when they did that in one of their shows, I think she was like launching her new line, like the next few weeks or something. Mm-hmm. And they literally used the press to announce it. And I was like, yeah. that's so wild. It's crazy. It's smart. Yeah, it's super smart. Yeah. Diving into real estate, how did you break into the market? So you sold to your friend and then, or your family friend, and then how did you start gaining clients? Through referrals. Obviously, if you go to events all the time, you know, you're going to make friends and somebody knows somebody who needs a house or wants to sell a house and, Mm -hmm. you know, more people know about you and you get more sales mm-hmm. for people. Cause I have a few friends right now who literally mm-hmm. either just got their real estate license or they're mm-hmm. like fresh into it. What are some tips and tricks selling, like selling techniques for real estate? Well, I would always, if you're just starting out, I would join a team just because a lot of people ask, okay, so how many houses have you sold? And then you're like, None. nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you can jump on somebody's success. So I would always recommend that at the beginning. So like Remax or someplace like that. Mm -hmm. Did you ever, did you ever join like a team, like a group like that? No, I always was by myself, but if I was smart and was starting out now, I would have done that for sure. And they, and they kind of give you, so how does that work? Cause I have no idea. Do they essentially, you join this team and do they take like a percentage of like Remax, for example? You get a percentage of their. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then do they like feed you the leads? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. So that would be super helpful. Yeah. Any other things that you wish you would have known when starting out in real estate? I guess I would have been more self-secure, you know, like pitching myself. It was a little bit harder at the beginning, of course, to be, yeah, like the same thing. I didn't have anybody to depend on. So if somebody would ask me, Hey, how many uh, sales have you done? Uh-huh. I'm like, hey, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And too, I feel like real estate is a lot about pitching, not, it's, it's more about almost pitching yourself, obviously the homes and stuff too, mm-hmm. but definitely like the person who's selling them mm-hmm. is a huge, like a huge factor behind it. Yeah. You have to become friends with them. They have to trust you in them. Yeah. And too, then I feel like that's how you get even like if they go down to sell their house five years down the line, then they're like, Hey, I'm going to go back to her because I loved working with yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. You have to keep in touch with them, you know, invite them to the parties, whatever your birthday parties. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a mentor? in the space or anybody that you looked to? Well, I had a mentor from my real estate brokerage. Uh, you need one at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I love them all. I love Josh Flagg, Josh Altman. They're all great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How is working with them? What have you learned from your mentors? <laughs> Being aggressive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so they just teach like aggressiveness. Is that like mm-hmm. persistence and like following up or what do you mean by aggressive? Following up for sure and just be, you know... The wolf of real estate, <laughs> if I can say that. You know, I, you have to be very self-secure to make it in this business. I heard like it's only 1% of agents who actually make it because everybody has a freaking license. It's so easy. Yeah. And not many stay agents because it's very hard. It's a hard business and nobody tells you that when you start. Yeah. yeah. What has kept you like still peppy and wanting to sell over the years? I love beautiful homes. <laughs> And the connections that I make, I love people and I love to make new friends. So, you know, that's awesome. Has there been a house that you were like, that you thought maybe you sold and then you didn't, was there some kind of, some kind of something that where you had like a failure moment in real estate that like pivoted things for you? Well, what happens a lot is if you're working with buyers and you know, they show them a hundred houses and then they meet another agent and buy with them, mm-hmm. you know, that happens a lot. So you got to be on the lookout for that. Yeah that, yeah, that makes sense. For people who are selling right now in COVID times who are wanting to jump into real estate, what are some 
tips and hacks because I know for a while there, at least mm-hmm. I, I'm from Portland, Oregon, for a while they were like not doing any showings and you were telling me they're actually doing showings in person right now. Mm-hmm. By appointment, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. Any any like tips or hacks for selling right now and kind of like a tumultuous time? Well, definitely now is the best time to sell. The market is exploding. I know the rest of the country is in kind of a recession, but not LA. Like, it's yeah. insane here. So now's the time to buy or sell. And definitely utilize your Instagram, you know, because everybody's at home. Nobody has anything to do. So do Instagram stories, Instagram lives. Go if, Like if you have a listing, go to the house and do, you know, virtual showing. Why mm-hmm. not? And advertise on Instagram and you'll get clients. Yeah. yeah. Is that, so is that how you gained a lot of clients was social media too? I also get, yeah, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah, yeah. So what are some things besides like Instagram stories or like lives that help you sell your houses on social media? Or promote, even promote yourself. I mean, definitely videos, make videos of the homes, advertise that, Facebook, YouTube, all of that. PR always Mm -hmm. helps. (laughs) You know, interviews with you, Mm -hmm. you know, everything. You have to do a lot of things. Postcards. I mean, you have to do everything. Everything? Yeah. Okay, TBB babes, you guys are hearing the latest and greatest here first. ChristinaMcGinnis.com is launching sticker packs. We are super excited about our three packs, the blogger pack, social media pack, and the podcast pack. A portion of the proceeds will go to Love 146. Love 146 is an international human rights organization working to end child trafficking and exploitation through survivor care and prevention. So what the heck is a sticker? Guys, this is going to change your gram game. Unlike gifts, stickers can be copied and pasted into your Instagram stories without reducing the image quality. Stickers are files you own, so they will never be hard to relocate for future use, unlike Instagram's black hole of a gift library. Stickers can also be used in YouTube videos. These are so simple, guys. I use them in all of my stories, and you guys were asking about them, so we figured let's make them available. For all of the TBB babes, use my code KCM20 to get 20% off your sticker pack at ChristinaMcGinnis.com. That is KCM20 at ChristinaMcGinnis.com for 20% off any and all sticker packs. How is really for someone who's like on a budget right now who maybe can't do like postcards or hire a PR agent? Mm-hmm. What are things that they can do on a budget? Well, like I said, Instagram, like mm-hmm. nobody, you don't need money for that. Plus, like I said, you don't need to have a PR agent. You can reach out to the people on Twitter or LinkedIn mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, that would be the two main things I would do. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Is there like a tip or trick that one of your mentors told you besides being aggressive that like pivoted things for you that has always stuck with you? Mm, I don't know. I mean, persistence. Persistence. Persistence for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Diving into kind of the holiday season and people buying things on a budget. What are some tips and tricks for people right now who like definitely a lot of people don't have extra cash in kind of COVID times, maybe losing their jobs. What are some inexpensive ways for them to buy really awesome Christmas presents? Well, I think a lot of stores have sales right now. I would probably wait till Black Friday and buy something mm-hmm. <laughs> very cheap and yeah, something like that probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is uh, where do you go when or where would you go if you're trying to buy, you know, kind of cheap holiday items? Is there any any places that you love? For clothing, I love Boohoo, Fashion Nova. Even if you go on eBay, like you can get really good deals over there for like, you know, designer stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for cheap or even like used, you probably, depending on like the family member or whoever you're giving it to. Exactly, or vintage stores. That's awesome. Are there specific things that you looked for? Like, obviously we talked about like the tweed skirt and stuff like that, but is there any other things that you looked for in the fashion realm when you were first here or even now when you're looking to buy things on a budget? That look expensive, you mean? Mm-hmm. 
purses, shoes, which is easy to fake, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, so definitely that because it's it's hard to see if somebody has a real purse or a fake purse. Or So I always look at that. Mm-hmm. I is, think it's most important. Is there any websites that you go for, like dupes, essentially? I, I don't think I can tell you here. <laughs> look on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> okay, diving into how you met your husband, how did you guys meet? So after I moved here, one week I was here and I met him at the Four Seasons. Oh, you did? Where, how did you guys meet? So were you like walking in? Was he at the bar? Tell us the whole story. So I was renting a room like right across from the Four Seasons and I had no car and I was hungry. I went to the bar in the Four Seasons because where else could I walk to? Mm-hmm. And there he was sitting at a bar. What was he doing? Why were you at the Four Seasons? I was getting a drink. You were? Yeah, actually, my grandmother lived across the street. Believe it or not, I was being a nice grandson. Wow. Yeah, my grandmother and I were very, very, very close, and I was visiting her. And long story short, my, I wasn't driving that day. This was right when Uber was getting started. So either I took an Uber there to my grandmother's. She lives on Weatherly, and anybody that knows the streets, Weatherly is right next to the Four Seasons. It, ru- it runs behind it, and I actually... Went after I visited her, I went across the street to the Four Seasons to, to, to catch a taxi. For anybody that doesn't know, those are yellow things. That, you know, that, yeah. Many people now are like, now, I'm yeah, sorry, what taxi? taxi? What yeah. Ta- yeah. Mm-hmm. And I told the valet, Get, grab me a taxi. And they said, okay. And it's literally, you know, across the street. And I, and I said, you know what? Don't. Cancel the taxi. I'm going to go in and have a drink. And I went inside and had a drink. And I ordered a drink, and within about 10 minutes, my wife walked in, and I was, I was completely leveled. I, I mean, she was so gorgeous, and she sat down next to me, and I literally said, hi, how are you? And that was it. And wow. I was there, and, and that was it. And it's a trip. I mean, to think that all I, you know, it, it, that's how life works. I could have taken the taxi, or I could have canceled it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I did cancel it. And yeah. it's that... Easy. That moment. Yeah, it's like okay, sliding that, doors. You that's know? so yeah. crazy. So then from that point, you guys just started dating? Right, right away. Right away. Right away. Yeah. Every day. Wow. Yeah. It was, in fact, every day. It was, yeah. in fact, I, I met on a, I'll never forget, we met on a Sunday and I, I we talked that night and then I, I called her on Monday and then I didn't call her on Tuesday and she was pretty pissed about that. No <laughs> Yeah, way. I didn't call okay. her. She's like, where the heck were you? I was like, well, yeah, He tried to be cool. Oh, uh, he did. I, he tried to, was I it, were you was, on like the three day thing or no? <laughs> <laughs> I was on the, what's that line from Swingers? Like we call our babies in, in two days. Oh. <laughs> two days, then a day. So three days, yeah. And I just took it, took it, well, I don't want to, you know, I, you don't act desperate either. And I can see that she wasn't playing that game. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, no games this time. And it was literally that. We never stopped seeing each other. And we were traveling to Europe within four. We moved together in three months. And it was, it was fast. Yeah. It was fast. So moving in after three months, what did that look like? Because now you're fresh into real estate. Mm-hmm. And then what were you doing at the time? I was back in school and I was working for an attorney doing legal work. And I, I was going to be a lawyer. There's four, there's five lawyers in my, well, now there's six that keep growing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's six lawyers in my family and I wanted to go and go to law school. And I ended up not doing that and went into real estate and stock market instead. But that's what I was doing. So I would be working through the day. She had night classes and I would pick her up from her apartment uh, that, from the Four Seasons, take her to school and the fierce, what's funny, we're talking about fashion, and she would dress up like you couldn't believe. And I, and this is this is a true story. I was picking her up constantly and take, dropping her off at, at her classes to, to get her real estate license. Mm-hmm. I mean, super high-end fashion. You know, everything, high heels and dresses. And I thought one day I said, this girl can't be going to class like this. Where is she really going? <laughs> You're so, like, she's dressing up to like go do something. Totally. Else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you're not gonna fool me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I I did a stakeout. Okay. I pulled a stakeout. No. I dropped her off. Yeah, I dropped her off. She walked up the stairs. I go around the corner and I parked. And I waited for like 20 minutes and 
she doesn't come out. I'm like, I'll be a son of a bitch. She's the best dressed looking girl, not only in LA, but definitely in the class. Oh my God. And I so then I would do something or whatever. It would only be about two, two and a half hour classes. And then I'd go pick her up and go have a late, late dinner. Mm-hmm. And I was living in a place on Beverly Glen in Century City. And she eventually moved in. And it was really cool. That's amazing. So then how did you transition from doing stuff in law to then real estate? Which Was she like an inspiration to you? Or yes. What? Yeah. Yes, she was an inspiration to me. Totally was. Woo. And she don't, <laughs> <laughs> Right? You should be excited. It's true. She's like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. 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 And of course, right now, after this, she's like, okay, now where's my cut? Yeah. yeah. It's all it's business. You yeah. know. So, she's and, like, I take 20%. I'm <laughs> the inspiration in the muse. Yeah, you know, normal commission could be 5%. She jumps into 20 Yeah. You know, I... I Look, real estate's where it's at. Real estate's, you can make short-term money and you can make, uh, you know, with a sale, you can make medium-term money with a flip. You know, flips could take six months to a year. And then you can make long-term money with investments. Mm-hmm. And Julia got me into that. I mean, I've been in real estate my whole life in a sense with family and things like that. And I saw the the amazing payoff with long-term investments. Mm-hmm. But I got into it. I just, well, I just, well, I, I didn't decide to continue going to, to become a lawyer. I didn't do it. I'm too, I'm too I'm much of an extrovert. I'm too wild. I mean, like to talk. I like to talk. And don't get me wrong, lawyers are good at talking. Yeah. And I don't know if I was going to be able to do law school. I just was, you know, so I got into the real estate business and it was paying right away. It was, we were doing rentals and sales and it was just paying right away. And we started and, with Airbnb, like right yeah. when it started. Okay, yeah. so you guys, were you guys flipping Airbnbs or what were you doing? We bought and we owned. So we bought Airbnbs, we managed them and grew the business. Just literally, you know, we owned some properties too mm-hmm. and turned them into, you know, there was, we had to get people out of these properties that were long term. Yeah. And then we, we, you know, Julia came in there and it was Julia's idea. And she said, you know, Let's get people in here instead of long term. And Airbnb was booming. And with we fixed it up. Julia fixed it up. She did everything. And and made the house perfect for short term rentals and jazzed it up. And all of a sudden we put it on the market back in 2014. And it was filled. I mean, every single month was filled. We probably filled 90% of the time. So did you just make them super cute? And that's how they were just booked up all the time? Yeah. And I think also if somebody wants to, needs money right now, that's a good way to make money. Because anybody can rent out an apartment and then, you Mm -hmm. know, put it on Airbnb and make a lot of money. Yeah. And especially if they're really cute, they're Instagrammable or they're family homes. Or you kind of have, do you feel like you have to pick kind of like a lane when you're decorating? Yeah, but I think the most important part is where the Airbnb is. So, for example, here in Hollywood, oh my God, you can make so much money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can make a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Well, and too, I think it's so interesting. Like, how how did that transition from, okay, you guys are doing the Airbnbs. Do you guys still do Airbnb stuff or no? Airbnbs changed. They've totally changed a little bit. And, of course, the city is, you have to get permits and everything, and, and they're regulating it. Which is not, which is okay. They're taxing you heavily too. It, it get there, there's a there's a bit of a gray area with Airbnb, and I, I got to tell you, actually, the guests were getting to be very disrespectful. Okay, and, okay, so tenants, like people, yeah, trashing okay. the house. Okay, we have homes in Marina del Rey, Venice Beach, Beverly Hills, Sherman Oaks, and some out of state properties too, and you know. These are really nice homes, and they're not cheap. Very expensive homes, yeah. And okay, so okay, that well, that was I was kind of thinking. Okay, if they're like a lower price point, you're gonna probably get lower, you know. But they're really expensive homes, mm-hmm. so is it like you know? The thing is, some people on Airbnb and VRBO too, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. HomeAway, they charge an obscene amount of money twenty five hundred a night, three thousand a night. Now you look at their calendars; they're empty. We like to, you know, what we learned right away and Julie was like, no, fill it, fill it. And I'd be like, I want to keep the prices higher. She's like, no, fill it. And then she's right. Cause you do need to fill it. You got it. It's got to be like a hotel in a sense. Mm-hmm. However, believe it or not, look, it doesn't take much for even if, like sometimes we were charging $1,500 a night. That's expensive, you know? Right. But it's still enough to get it filled. 
But you can get six, seven people, eight people, ten people pitching in. Yeah. Well, and too, when you do yeah. that, then it's so cheap. It's way mm -hmm. cheaper than a hotel. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and you know. And they would party. Yeah. And that's how they that's, trash the place. Okay, so yeah. that's what. And yeah. that's and that's what. And then we get heat from the neighbors. And you know, it wasn't so much the neighbors I was worried about. I mean, look, I respect our neighbors and everything, and I want to be respectful. But they were partying and trashing it. And we some and cops were being called and bachelorette parties, bachelor parties. You got to. They, Crazy. Things, things were going buck. Yeah, I was seeing I had to come over one time and I saw some things. Yeah. <laughs> I've been traumatized. <laughs> there were some things floating in the pool. From that and you were like, party. what the fuck is I mean, that? are you fucking kidding me? Like <laughs> and I walk in there and I'm like, you know, I mean, I'm an offer. I, I'm lost for words. Yeah. And so it had to stop. And but we still do it. But we do it actually with like three months. Three months. Okay. So yeah, kind of one like month. Okay. thirty-one nights or more. Okay. And anybody wants the you know thirty-one nights or more is considered a long-term rental or or, or not short-term. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to pay tax to the city. Okay. You don't have to worry about anybody busting you or the neighbor saying it's short-term. Thirty-one nights is the is the sweet spot. And that's what we're doing. And you can still make a lot of money. Are still, people are still booking. Well, I would think probably in coronavirus, people are wanting to get out more. They're, they're staying longer too. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like, they're, you know, like we have a rental right now that turned into, uh, you know, from like two months to four and now it's six. And they're staying because actually they came from New York, our current people. And they, it's like they've turned it into like a long vacation. Yeah. That's, I have some, some friends that are doing that and yeah, they all came from New York and they were like, we just want out. Well, and two for them, they said like they're quarantining, quote unquote. I'm like having 30 people over, it's no, not quarantining, yeah, yeah. but you can say it is. No. Yeah. I mean, it's, but you know, that was amazing. I mean, it was a great income. It was, it was cash flow. Julia went in there and she knew exactly what she was doing and she, she chooses the furniture fast, fast. She gets in there. She just like a whirlwind, a tornado, but does it. And she she did designed, decorated all these homes, and it's just fabulous. I mean, it was it was her idea. Mm -hmm. It was we were in. An, I was in an apartment. We had these properties, and I was like, you know what? Maybe we should move into one of these properties, and we can rent out the apartment. And she was like, no, the other way around. Stay in this place in Central mm -hmm. City that we that we had, and Airbnb these places. Because we had long-term tenants in there. Yeah. And it was her idea. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, hair yeah. 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 That's, That's amazing. So when did you guys first sell like your first big property? So what was that and what was the story behind that? Selling wise? Yeah. Uh, selling wise. That was maybe like two years in. Mm -hmm. And it was from like a home from a producer. and Big listing in Hollywood Hills. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For how much? It was about 15,000. What? No. You mean how much was it sold for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That, that you're thinking of, no, that, the big home that she sold in Hollywood Hills was in the Bird Streets was just under $10 million. Let's make that sense. Was, so, that was the, so that was the first big, like, big list. She, I think yeah. you meant 15, you thought you were talking about square footage. Is that what you meant? No, I I, thought I was thinking another one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, she loses count. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. That was great, and and Julia made the connections and you know networked and uh, you know as she mentioned earlier, it's about referrals. Yeah. And it really is because then you know it's you're not a stranger to the next person. Yeah. And yeah, she got it was in the Bird Streets and and, and it was great. I mean, she was a beautiful listing, and you think you sold it in less than thirty days. The market was. Booming, you know, but it's always booming in Southern California. It really is. Yeah. yeah. And to even with like people, what's funny is when I was first moving here, like all of these people were moving out, but now all of the places in here are totally filled. So it's like kind of in and out. At least I feel like with apartments, at least they go really quick. Yes. Apartments go fast. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Apartments on the real estate end, you want to, you got to kind of sell or lease a lot of them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? To, to make a good condition. Yeah. Yeah. Apartments. You try to, like, you, you start with apartments. Julie started with doing apartments and I things like some that. Of them, yeah, yeah some, some small leases yeah. and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you can maybe lease some houses. But hey, we all know where the, you know, good money is. It's in, you got to start somewhere and then you got to, you got to build from, build from the bottom. But you know, look, I mean, there's always a strong market in Southern California, in Los Angeles. There's always a strong market. That's, 
look, you're, you're, you're in Hollywood, you're by the beach, there's action, you, you know, Beverly Hills, you, you, there's everything around and, 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 and it's spreading like wildfire, you know, as far as you know, from downtown outside to Echo Park, Silver Lake, and then, you know, south and north, everything's spreading because it's, that's just, it's gentrification and it's just happening. So it's, there's always a, you know, I use my stock market terms, a bull market, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there is. You can find houses to sell and buy. It's Southern California property. It's great. Hey, you. Are you needing an afternoon at Pick Me Up? Don Francisco's Organic Cold Brew is the perfect summer coffee drink. It's easy to brew at home. All you need is a large glass container or pitcher. After letting it steep in cold water for 24 hours, you have delicious coffee concentrate. It's the perfect way to start your summer day or enjoy as an afternoon pick-me-up. I know I sure need one. John Francisco's is premium coffee, people. Roasted and packed in the USA. And the very best part, guys, John Francisco's coffee has created a special sampling code where you can receive 20% off any purchase on donfrancisco's.com. Just go to donfrancisco's.com, shop, and check out with the promo code BLONDE, and you will get 20% off your order. Offer is good from August 1st till January 31st, 2021. Get sipping, party people. Do you have any tips for people who are looking to break into real estate? Because I know she had some, but do you have any? As far as in sales-wise or in general with any? I would say probably sales-wise for someone who's like a, a looking to get into real estate. Yeah. Yes, I absolutely do. And the answer is, I mean, if we're not going to, we don't need to talk about the financial aspect of where you're going to get your money and all that. That's a different conversation. Yeah. But if you have access to your money. You can get it to buy something to get started. Just buy and just get in. And I remember, you know, and our people that we followed told us the same thing. As far as investing in real estate, just buy something. You know, I mean, I, I don't mean anything. Don't throw a dart on a board. Mm -hmm. But just get in. And it goes up. It's going to go up. This is, there's a reason. Let's look at the rest of the country. How cold is it right now? Because outside it's about 65, maybe 70 degrees right now, right? Mm -hmm. well, how cold is it in Michigan right now? How oh cold? God. Right. I get I cut it. it. I cut it. Right. Yeah. I'm saying, and how is it yeah. in Texas? How is it in the most of the country? It's yeah. freezing. Mm -hmm. What does it get? The coldest it gets is 40 degrees in Los Angeles, 50 degrees. I mean, right. There's a reason why people flock here. And trust me, there's a reason my wife came here. She's no dummy. <laughs> she came here for a reason. But yeah, get in. Buy something. Yeah, and if you don't have the money to buy something, then start with day trading. Ah. And then you don't have the money yes. to buy something. Thank you very much. Yeah. Throwing you a bone here. This is you are throwing me a bone, yeah. And did I mention when I met her it was love at first sight? Did I say that? Yes. Because it definitely was. Yeah. To build money and being a stock trader, we bought properties from my stock trading success. And and you know, that's one thing you can do, and you save and you save and you save. You know, look, if you're starting with nothing, day trading is a fabulous way to build an income because you can do everything else and day trade. This is not, it's, you don't have to be full time. So like, that's one thing. Make it a goal. Okay, I'm going to day trade. And that's, once again, a whole nother, you know, ball of wax as well. It's like, yeah, yeah. but if you can do that, day trade, save, save, save. I'm going to buy, a, I'm going to get up to, you know, whatever I need to get for a down payment of a property. But the, the, the main thing is people are scared, both in stocks and real estate. It's the two things that everybody you hear all day, if you're, if you're talking about those subjects, what do you hear? I didn't buy, I, excuse me, you hear, I should've, I could've, I should've, I should've. Why didn't I buy this property at the recession when this, the housing market broke? Why didn't I buy it in general? Why didn't I buy Apple? Why, why, why? Well, you gotta pull the trigger. That's so key. It is the most important factor. Nothing's guaranteed in life. You gotta pull the trigger. You, you, you gotta, you see a stock, you like it, you buy it and hold on. And so, yeah, and this is how most people make their actual money. Like look, look at the Kardashians, for example, like Khloe Kardashian. Mm -hmm. She bought her house in 2006 oh, from Justin yeah. Timberlake and she, uh, Justin Bieber, sorry. And she sold it this year for 
eight million dollar profit in seven years. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. That that's yeah, and that's that, and it and it can do that, you know. And that's real estate for you. That's the power of real estate. And that's what my wife. That's why, yes, she was an inspiration. Is an inspiration. Will always be an inspiration. But we, when we would talk about real estate, she would say, you know, it's it's where it's at. And being that Julia was in New York, I mean, the, the, the people that own <laughs> real estate is huge in New York. I mean, we all know that. It's big. And there's some of the biggest real estate owners and wealthiest people in the world are in New York. And just different kinds of real estate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, more, more commercial. So she knew it. She, she saw it. She'd been around it. And I was around it too in Los Angeles. But save your money. Down payment for real estate. Invest in stocks. The stock market, if you buy blue chip stocks, like your Apples, your Google, Fang, anything that's solid, that's been around a long time, you know, it's the same thing as real estate. It pays you dividends. That's like getting, you know, and we're talking about, when I say buy real estate like that, if we're going to compare those two, we're talking about income properties, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, you own a multifamily, you own even a single family residence. Julia, Julia's favorite is single family residence. It's like one person, they hold their value is that they're paying you rent, so mm-hmm. you're covering your mortgage plus yeah. a profit. Uh-huh. Well, with the stock, it, you know, it's going to go up over time. We all know, you know, if you mm-hmm. bought Apple, yeah. where are you at now? You bought Google when it IPO'd, where are you at now? Anything huge, right? Okay. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who cannot afford to buy a lot of stocks, exactly. but you can start with Robinhood, for example, with what, like $100? Okay, I've heard of Robinhood. Robinhood's big. Said that yeah. it was like a pretty easy way to kind of like, sti- like put your toe in without putting the whole foot. That's I like that saying. Yeah, that's true. Robinhood and they during this pandemic they the the, uh, the new subscribers have skyrocketed. So day trading is big. I've been doing it now for coming up on five years, and it's been I I just fell into it, and my wife trades too, and I just it just it just mushroomed. It just I can't believe it. I love it. I love the game of day trading. Mm-hmm. And what I love the most, because my wife and I travel to Europe, we travel all over the world. Uh, has she? Have you given your international line yet? Yeah, you said that earlier in this. Okay, yeah, I'm international. She's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, and, and she is. She's a hell of a more international than me. You know, I, I, you know, so she took me to Europe the first time. I'd never been to Europe before. So she, being, it helps when she speaks four languages too. So my point is, I've traded stocks in Germany, France, Italy, Russia. Right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. And all I need is this. I've made some a phone. F- a phone. You're right. It's that's a right. podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and my phone. Yeah. yeah so no, everyone's, like, like, everyone's yeah. like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> We're like, I, uh, he's holding up a phone. What's going on here? <laughs> that is, thank you for that. I made some big trades. I was sitting in the Berlin Zoo. And, you know, of course, we're nine hours later there, and I made a huge trade there. I was actually on Alta Beauty. So, you know, that's fun. Yeah. I'm mixing yeah. some beauty products in. <laughs> okay. I, I, had, I, I, was, I was short the stock, and it crashed. My point is, you can do it with just a phone, just an iPhone. I trade with TD Ameritrade as a big broker. TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab, E-Trade, those are the big three. Mm-hmm. And you can do it from anywhere, anywhere. And, you, and it really, you know, the type of trading you do... You can do there's there's different type the different styles. Some you hold on to stocks or options for two three weeks a week. Some you have to trade daily. I do both, but you can do it anywhere. The freedom is just what attracted me, and I also like it. Mm-hmm. I love the game. How long or how much money do you feel like? Okay, if you're doing something like Robinhood, isn't mm-hmm. that like fractions of a stock? You can, Julia, right? Is that I think fractions? that it's like, and it's like I was talking to someone who was like, oh yeah, they started out with like $25 and it's like a fraction of a yeah, share. Yeah, the money, what I like to tell people is that the money is irrelevant. It's totally irrelevant. Look, if you're in retirement age and you can put $25,000 in your, your stock account and blow it, well, yeah. If you're a broke college student and you can barely afford to put $250, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. The money is irrelevant. It's... You know, you gotta you know focus on percentages. Yeah, you can put twenty five dollars. I would try to strive for a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to start with at least a hundred okay. or something. But yeah, I mean, the more the better because it just gives you more ammunition, mm-hmm. and you can make more money, and you make yeah. more money. And, make more money. Yeah. I mean, and that's what is the bottom line is that, and just like just like real estate, anything, the more money you invest, the 
the more you're going to get back. The, the more you're going to get back. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. How? Okay. So for someone who's like, all right, I downloaded Robinhood. I've mm -hmm. got a few hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Where should they gain like education from? For people who are like, I know fucking nothing about this. And sauce. that's how I started. Yeah. Okay. Fucking nothing. Okay. Zero. Julie and I were watching the show Billions. Remember that show? Yeah. Loved that show. Loved he was that, great. Yeah. yeah. I loved that show. Yeah. And I was literally like. And he's like, I want to be that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be that he's guy. Like, how do I become that I want to be that guy. And minus the insider trading, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 Minor um, detail. Minor, minor detail. detail. <laughs> you know, whoever's listening. And um, I decided, I put in, I put in, I, you know, I was, this real estate was going great. I actually put in a few thousand in, in a TD Ameritrade account. But the federal, there, there's a law where you take, need to have $25,000 or more to, to buy and sell unlimited times the same day. It's okay. It's made the law. Do you need that much money to grow your account? Absolutely fucking not. No way. You can start with, 500, so, you know, so it, you put it in a I few, started with 3,000, by the way, and I grew it. Yes, you did grow it. Yeah, yeah. I think you even started with less and you grew into a huge account. Yeah. But look, yeah, if you can put in 3,000, great. If you can put in 300, great. Because it's all about percentages. You know, if, 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 you know, if an extra 10% of $300 is what? 30 bucks. So you can make 30 bucks a week or something. Look, that pays for a lot of things for somebody. Mm -hmm. That puts a whole tank of gas in your car depending on the car. Yeah. Yeah, right. It doesn't matter. If that's what's going to be good. If you can only afford to put in $300, then 30 bucks is good. If you can afford to put in 3000 then 300 is good. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter whether you put in 500000 It doesn't, right? It's percentages. So what I would do for education, I, I knew less than zero. I knew buy low, sell high. What the hell did I know? I lost money for the first couple years. It was brutal. Julia had to witness it all, and it was brutal. Not until we were staying at, what was the name of the hotel we were staying in Miami? I forgot. I can't think of the name. It starts with an F. I can't think. Faena. 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 Have you been there? It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous hotel. I've gone to Florida, but never Miami. And Julia loves Miami. See, I want to go so bad. Yeah, and I was all of a sudden trading oil futures. That's futures, contracts, oil so i traded oil gold and natural gas it was very volatile and next thing i know after over about a year and a half all of a sudden you know honey i made five thousand dollars today next day i made five thousand again i made six thousand today babe i just made ten thousand dollars she was like okay Wait, you might be onto something here. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because there was. She's like, hmm. I like, I like this. that. She's like, how many bags? Can yeah, you yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Depending on the bag. But. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there's, there's some high end store. This was actually, we were in Miami on the way to Berlin. And she's like, it was, it, it was fucking fun. And she was like, how much did you make today? I was like, I made $8,000. She's like, Awesome, you know, right to the Louis Vuitton store. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, and by the way, let's spend it, baby. Run, you know, yeah. you know, and by the way, listen, if you're making money, spend some damn money. Save some, but spend some. Enjoy it. And by the way, if you're in Europe, even better, because everything's cheaper. Like 40%. It's like 40, Louis Vuitton. 50% uh -huh. off of Louis Vuitton. And, and then, you know, look, there's still speed bumps after that. It's just learning curves. But to answer your question, about where you get education. He likes to talk. So. No, I love it. I'm here for it. Listen, this is what I do. I love it. It's my life. You know, look, the best education is the hardest. You know, you, you have to find out the hard way. You got to jump in. But the first thing you want to do is you want to trade with simulated money. So, you know, fake money, simulated money. And you have to get a feel of the stock market, how it moves, these you know, these chart, these uh, candlesticks going up, down, what's going on. You don't want to start with real money. YouTube videos, read some books. I mean, you know, do some education, but don't jump in with real money. But eventually you have to jump in with real money because your emotion is nothing like how it is with fake money to real money. Do you guys have any like book podcasts or resources that you would use for real estate or stocks? Well, Danny is love? writing a book. I'm about... actually writing a book right now. Okay. Is, it, is it on stocks or real estate or both? It's on stocks and my life and, you know, mixing sobriety with stock trading. And I'm, I'm almost done and it's, I'm really excited. So that's going to be coming out. Okay, when uh, it comes out, tell me, guys. Yeah. I would love I to. Oh, by the way, yeah, I have a book on yeah. stocks. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Talk about your book. A girl's 
guide to stock trading. It's on Amazon as an ebook. So yeah. It's a good yeah. book. It actually is a very cool book. Maybe I should start with that just to like dip my toe in. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Open up an account, whatever it is, whatever broker it is, dip your toe in, putting your foot in, as you said. Yeah. And yeah, because guess what? If you put your foot in too fast, like I did, a shark comes over and bites it the fuck off. <laughs> so and was that what was in the pool when you went to the bachelorette party? Yeah, no. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, it was a fun. <laughs> let, I mean, they they brought Vegas over to the. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, there was you know lots of the erotic. Think, yeah. That's what I was. Oh, are we? I don't know yeah. how censored is this show. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Oh, yeah. oh the you know dildo straws, dildo blow up dolls, and. And then, you know, it was everything like that. And, you know, but... Uh, yeah, somebody peed himself on the sofa. Oh, somebody vomited on the floor. They pissed themselves. And I'm like... And by the way, I talk... I, look, I just didn't let anybody in there. I vetted these people. And I get to call them on the phone. Once they book, you get their information. Yeah, you get yeah, their yeah. number. And I call them like, listen, do you see the photos? I mean, this particular house in Beverly, this is a $3 million home. I mean, you know, it's nothing to sneeze at. It's about 3,000 square feet. It's about, it's a little, it's actually about 3.5 right now. And I'm like, do you see the photos? This is a very nice home. It's a quiet neighborhood up in Benedict Canyon. It's a peaceful area. Julia chose this home. Genius. Thank you. Thank you. And, and they're like, oh yes, we're having a private chef over and we're going to keep it about nine of us girls. It's for a birthday party. I'm like, please be respectful. Respect this home, please, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, lights out. You know, please turn your music down. I can't tell you when to lights out. You know, I'm not your parent here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is not that home. Mm -hmm. This is not... Look, I'll, I'll be... You can party in Hollywood. Oh, no, they were, like, yeah. with the Insta-hoes that went out there, and they were like, let's let's get it rocking. They... You know, and then <laughs> yeah. I, I get a phone call. Like, there's a... You know, my neighbor's like, Daniel, there's a DJ. You told me, Dan. <laughs> You know, like, and he's a nice guy. The guy to the right, who's a, a neighbor of mine who's single, and... He's like, yeah, baby. He's oh, like, yeah, yeah he, he... went and knocked, and he was like, do you guys need a pool No, 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 yeah, yeah, believe it or not, even he called me, and he was like, this shit's out of control. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he might want his own peace and quiet, too. I don't know where he goes crazy. Yeah. He might be smart and take his parties to the hotel. Yeah, they're yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't shit where you sleep. Yeah. You know, you know, don't... That might be the whole tagline of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Don't and people are going to be like, wait, what is this one about? <laughs> yeah. I like real estate stocks, dildos, and like a little yeah. sprinkle. Yeah, a sprinkle of that. But it was, and, and I, I remember walking up like, oh my God, you know, listen, have a good time, but don't burn my fucking house down. Yeah. So, oh my God, I love fabulous. it. Okay, fabulous. Okay, guys, you will have to tune us in when your book's coming out. Absolutely. We'd love to Thank have you. you guys back. Where can everybody find you guys? Pimp out your handles. Where can they find you? Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, at The Real Julia Jolie. Follow Julia Jolie for right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you can't find me anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm, Not I, yet. I'm, I'm an underground I'm, guy. I'm off the grid, okay? Yeah, yeah, ever since that, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, TBB babes, this was such a fun episode. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, and we will see you next Thursday. Bye.